2: No, that's wrong. Hey, I'll just edit this. Yeah, feel it. Feel the rhythm. Feel the fury. Uh, Welcome, everybody, to this spoiler review episode here of What If Season 2, Episode 7 on this episode of the Geek Bites from the Geek Buddies. (gasps) Yeah. we're excited to jump into this one you know a lot happened in this one here what if hella found the 10 rings this is essentially a mishmash of the first thor film and shang chi and Legend of the 10 rings except this one is led by hella Kate blanchett coming back to voice hella yet again and we got jeffrey wright in here as the watcher but we got jeff bergman stepping in for Odin. He, we kind of heard him in previous episodes of what if but this one we got a real good chunk of Jeff Bergman playing Odin, we also have Fyodor Fyodor Chin stepping into to voice Wenwu. We had Lor- the legendary Lauren Tom in here as Jai, and Idris Elba coming coming back as Hemdela as well. This one basically is, uh, as I said, a a, a a reimagining of the first Thor film, where it's Hela who is now uh, has her power removed with her spiky helmet. It is thrown down to Earth. She has to earn the helmet back. She confronts Wenwu, gets involved with Wenwu. Here, she goes to—is it Talo? That land there. She learns from Jai, comes to comes finds her chi, finds her peace, then understands how to fight with the light and the dark. Gets her helmet back, overpowers Odin. Odin surrenders the throne, and we have a new stable of defenders to help the universe. Even chi- even uh, going in at the end there to maybe stop Gamora from becoming Thanos' sword. So interesting stuff here within this episode for sure. Michael, your thoughts overall on this episode of seasons of, of episode seven of season two of
3: what? If? I thought this was a great episode that I wish had not aired after yesterday's episode because <laughs> it kind of just paled in comparison to yesterday's. Like, I, I'm curious yeah. about the episode order, because looking at the titles, yeah. tomorrow's episode definitely has to do with the Peggy Carter, the ending of the Peggy Carter episode and mm. maybe the Kohori episode. And then the last yeah. episode clearly has to do with whatever strange supreme was doing and maybe the 16 old, like definitely those three all feel like they're a piece and this one just feels like another really good what if episode and if yeah. it had aired previously to yesterday i would have been like ah oh, fucking great love this does does the best things that what if does great to see shang chi in there like yeah. all of the the, the shang chi kind of mythology in the movie in there mm-hmm. um but now i was like okay this was good but like what's going on with Kahori? i just got really really into that that being said what was a really good solid what if episode was elevated mm. just by getting to listen to kate Blanchett for an hour or yeah. a half hour like yep. Kate Blanchett you could have we talked about the Wendy Lawson uh you know I forget the actress's name but who did Wendy Lawson Annette Benning oh. in the second episode and she did a great job it sounded just like Annette Benning I am sure you could have found somebody that could just nail sounding like kate Blanchett yeah. But there is this extra little something that she's got that really this whole episode to me, um, which had a lot of fun, what if things to it no. was really like, let me just sit back and listen to Kate Blanchett be fucking awesome for 30 minutes.
2: Yeah, I, I thought this was a fantastic episode myself and really enjoyed, as you said, Kate Blanchett coming in. Doing the humor. You know, a lot of people love this character of Hela. And one of the criticisms, and I should have thrown it at the beginning, it's also a combo of Thor Ragnarok, of course. One of the arguments that people had about that movie was that Hela shows up, awesome beginning, great, gets gets to uh, the kingdom there, but then it just kind of stays at the kingdom. And you wait for the final confrontation, then it goes down. And then people also rightfully pointed out, wait, Odin used Hela, and then Hela got too ambitious and then shut her up? What the hell? So I love that Marvel leaned into the criticisms. I love that they have the guts to do that and turned a whole episode into what if to address those concerns. And we got to see the great comedic timing, in my opinion. We'll, we'll find out from our resident comedian here, uh, Shannon McClung, if I'm correct. In my opinion, I thought she delivered some of these. Uh, some resident of this comedian. Uh. <laughs> Some of this dialogue well and some of the humor well and i enjoyed her journey so shannon what did you think i mean you have you've been you've, been, uh, you've been worked overseas there in asia you've seen you've been, i'm sure you've been exposed to eastern influence eastern thought patterns and we saw a combination here of this violence being met with eastern uh, philosophy and then honed to be understanding how to fight and when to fight and when not to fight what did you think about this episode here
4: I mean, it, it begins and ends with Kate Blanchett. I mean, again, as Vogel already said, she was just she's, she's a character that we didn't get to see a ton of in Thor Ragnarok. Granted, she was the primary antagonist, but, you know, she was kind of the bookends of that movie. Like we see a little bit of her in the middle, but mainly it's the beginning and the end. Um, She was so funny. Like she was just so so funny. She's trying to pick up her crown, tr- discussing is is when is Win brave or stupid? It's like, eh, both. Yeah, you might be both. Uh, you know, she just had really really great takes on all these lines. Um, I, and again, I thought the episode was really good. Uh, I, I, the episode order is is interesting. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like hey, this is something you should have knocked down to the beginning, <laughs> to the beginning of, of the of the season. Well, maybe yeah. Just because. We see the connections that some of the episodes are making. It's like, it's nice to kind of string all those together. Um, but also this was, as Vogel already said, like this is what What If does really well. And they've done it really well already mm-hmm. uh, a few times this season. It didn't have that extra thing that maybe the 88 Avengers had or, yesterday, or yesterday's episode had or the Captain Carter episode had. But it was still really, really good. I yeah. mean, there is one thing I think with Win Woo, I think I was like, ah, this is a little bit of a shift from the guy that we met in the movies, but not a big enough deal to be like, ah, this was crap. Um, It was really, really, it was really, really fun. And it was fun getting to see, I don't know if that was actually Morris, but that getting to see (laughs) ancestors um, pop back up. So I I thought it was really, really fun.
2: Well, let's deal with the Cape Blend. let's deal with Hella storyline here. I kind of teased it a little bit in my uh, overall opinion on the episode. Michael, what did you think about how they handled Hella here? As we said, starting out being the, the uh, sword, as she's called, to Odin. And then we see Odin break her down. Because obviously this is a different universe. So in this universe, Ed, Odin takes the helmet off, sh- throws it down to Midgard, and she has to earn, uh, she has to understand life in order to be the goddess of death. So trying to teach her a lesson. And then we see as she goes along, she's very much Hella the whole time, back and forth with Wenwu, betrays Ben uh, betrays Wenwu takes off there with possibly Morris into the woods goes to the land of Taylor gets trained by Jai and then comes back and battles with Wenwu against Odin and at the end comes out in the light kind of like Gandalf the gray to the Gandalf the white so what did you think about how they uh, did this storyline here what stood out to you what worked for you what didn't work for you
3: well, I mean, to your point, it's it's basically the Thor story. I mean, uh. you know, Dad found her unworthy, sent her to Midgard. There was a piece of Asgardian armor that would not be lifted. She learned her lesson. She lifted it. Uh, the only difference here being that, which I think you pointed out rightly so, which is they kind of addressed a cons- uh, a critique mm. of Ragnarok, which is, yeah, Odin Odin kind of used her and then got mad that he she did exactly what she was supposed to do. Yeah. Uh so I think they address that. I think Odin gets off a little bit easy at the end being like and now you've surpassed me. I'm like, "Okay, you know what, dad? You weren't great. You weren't great and this gaslight. is really mostly your fault." But um you know, I think a a kind of very nice a little bit paint by numbers, but a really nice sort of arc for Hella to sort of see this new version that was elevated again and made great by the dialogue, like the great writing. Yeah. Like this story, had you just done this story straight down the line and and made Hella sort of very serious and then watched the slow transformation, it would have worked. It, it's a story that works really well, but you would have been like, eh, okay. But the dialogue, the humor, mm-hmm. Kate Blanchett being so funny, like just her delivery of everything, just made it a little bit extra fun, um, mm-hmm. and then it's a little bit extra satisfying to see her make this turn because you really just like her from the get go. Even when she's evil at the beginning, yeah, she's so charming and charismatic that watching her kind of come around to the side of the angels at the end and become like you know the leader of the of this version of the Defenders, um, yeah. it it's very satisfying. So I thought that it was a solid if not completely um, original, like amazing story that was made better by her.
2: Yeah. Matthew Chauncey, uh, one of the writers here, uh, Jim Starlin is credited, but I think more for creating these characters, but Matthew Chauncey doing a wonderful job writing this particular episode. Brian Andrews directing it yet again. Yeah. Shannon. I mean, Kate Blanchett, this is a really, we get to see her comedic timing, but we also get to see her go through this journey and the emotional parts of it. And I think what was great about this episode and see what your thoughts about Kate. like she stayed hella pretty much throughout and then we get this regression to her childhood memory which i thought was really surprising yeah it's pop psychology yeah you have half an hour but you know they unlocked something in here and it made hella even more of a likable enjoyable interesting character yeah you may not approve of her killing you know valkyrie and all the people you know all that stuff certainly there's she's not you know like uh her slate's not clean necessarily but you, it's an interesting character that you like, and it's Cate Blanchett's performance that carries you through. But what do you think about how her journey went in this episode? What stood out to you? Uh, what uh, did work for you?
4: I mean, again, it, it does really mirror Thor. I mean, mm-hmm. even when she uh, gets cast down to Earth, and she's so used to being able to call upon the power of that crown or call upon the power of her blades, uh-huh. and suddenly not having those, um, you know, her character gets punched in, in the face a lot yeah. by guys in this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but you see that she still is, even without her power, she still very very capable. Mm-hmm. And you know when she gets to Talo, Lauren Tom's character is the one basically saying, you know, why do you want this? Why do you want this? Yeah. Why do you want this? Because I want freedom. And then you see that flashback to when she was a kid, when Finnrir gets gets locked up
0: yeah. because
4: Odin's like, you know, this is a this is a powerful thing. I you know, I I basically I can't trust it. I can't trust you. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, I thought the story was was I, yeah, I mean, I, I think Vogel's right. It was, it was pretty paint by numbers in terms of a uh, uh, story about a, a bad guy becoming good, um mm-hmm. but but not betraying basically who they are at the end. um yeah, But it like, was her humor that that really carried the episode through.
3: Yeah, and just to be clear, like paint by numbers isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like there are a lot of movies out there. Like I always use *Miscongeniality* as an example. Like. Miscongeniality is a paint by numbers movie. Mm. It is just buy the book. Here's how you set up a script. Here's how you set up characters. Here's how you knock them down. It's yeah. very satisfying. So I think that because just because this was sort of a paint by numbers, a villain redemption, mm. how do you learn your lesson, learn mercy, whatever, um, they 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 chose the right numbers and painted them well. Yeah. Uh, Shannon, I go back to
2: you. What did you think of how Wen Wu was portrayed in this? You were mentioning it earlier in your overall thoughts on the episode. How did you think uh, they portrayed him here? The voiceover work uh, by uh, Fyodor, Fyodor Chin uh, and what he does in reaction to Helen, how he has uh, his moments with her, It almost seems like yes, he's proposing. An, he's saying he's not proposing marriage, he's proposing an alliance. I mean, you could argue those are your, your split hairs in in that uh, the definition there. But in the, but he gets betrayed by her, and then when she comes back they come together and they have some fantastic action sequences so or, or battle scenes rather so what did you think about uh how they handled uh this uh with um wenwu
4: I think this was the one that was altered a little bit from Shang-Chi because okay. in that prologue that we see and, and granted, it's been a minute since I've seen that movie. So correct me if I'm wrong Um, in in the what if episode he's talking about, he wants to protect the people. He wants a partner. That's not really the guy that we met in Shang-Chi. He, he, maybe maybe that was in, in the subtext, but it didn't seem like he wanted to protect people. He want he's a conqueror. He wanted right. he wanted to rule and in at no part. Did he was he looking for a partner like he wanted to be in charge? It wasn't until he met Shang-Chi's mom and Ta Lo that that's when he started to learn some lessons in having this family. And when, when that family is ripped away from him, that's when we get, you know, this new guy or we get the return of the old guy. So this version of Wenwu is is a little different. That was the only thing that kind of that kind of bumped me a little bit, especially when he and Kate Blanchett, when he's kind of going with Kate Blanchett to kind of uh, uh Uh, free free Gamora's was like I I don't know if he would have done this because again he wasn't looking he wasn't looking to work with someone Um, that being said the character is still incredibly enjoyable I thought Fyodor Chen did a great job channeling uh, Tony uh, Tony Leung Um, and the 10 rings are just awesome to see and it's a shame that we have not seen them on the big screen since Shang-Chi
2: yeah, Michael there's been a bit of an uproar online of people being like how come we're getting so much Captain Carter, we're not getting Sam Wilson as Cap? Why is why is this happening? Well, the bigger uproar is how come we got Shang-Chi and then poof, it's been basically a wasteland of Shang-Chi stuff until we just got this episode for with the 10 Rings and Wen Wu and Talo, so what did you think about how they handled Wen Wu here in this? Was it nice to see him back? Did you like Fedor Chin's uh, voiceover work here? And the the way he delivered the lines going toe-to-toe with La here, proposing the alliance, and then at the end joining her.
3: I mean, yeah, I think they did a great job, and it's fun to see all of this stuff. It's fun to see mm-hmm. Wen Wu. It's fun to see the Ten Rings, and it makes you go, Marvel, what the fuck have you been doing? Like, why haven't <laughs> we gotten a Shang-Chi? Like, <laughs> like this is it, – it's sort of – illustrates the issue that Marvel's having like when you look at phases 1 2 and 3 and how quickly we got an Iron Man 2 a Thor 2 a Captain yeah. America 2 a Guardians volume 2 and you look at that we're kind of in the midst of phase 5 and mm. Shang-Chi has not appeared uh you're you this you you watch this action you watch the action with the 10 rings and you're like yeah what the fuck man come on let's, <laughs> let's, let's 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 figure some shit out that was exciting times um i think they did a good job i think Shannon's right they took a little bit of a shortcut. Sometimes when you're doing a what if story and this is a hella what if story you right. just have other characters pop up and you're like hey this character's a little bit different in this reality. But he is much more um, benign mm. in this reality than, than, than what we know of him from the movies. And I think maybe even if they had just thrown a line in there at some point early on when he was talking to her where he's like I used to think that uh, I wanted to conquer. I used to think this, mm. and then I decided this. Like, e- and it could have been a completely different reason than finding his family that sent him down the road. But if e- as, even if they had just given us a little bit, okay, this is why this Wenwu. Yeah is a little bit different than the one we know. And they just, you know, there was a lot of story to tell and they really wanted to focus on the Hella story and the Hella odin relationship. So Wenwu is just a little bit different. So I kind of just went with it, um, but I don't think that Shannon's wrong. I think that might've made his character a bit stronger. That being said, yeah. still super charming, still super cool. Yeah. Um, and watch it, watching those 10 rings, like that whole action sequence at the end with Hella and Wenwu going up against Odin and those 10 rings flying around, you're like, fuck Marvel. You had gold. What have you been doing?
2: Yeah, I got to agree. I mean, I loved um, the Wenwu uh, treatment here in this particular episode. I kind of went like this. Well, it's an alternate universe, so this is a different Wenwu for this universe and how he's approaching things. So I kind of put it in that frame, but I understand how you both could have been like, hey, you know what? A little bit to kind of allude to the Wenwu we know from our from our main Marvel universe and then make a little variation at the end. Maybe they didn't want to make all the male characters want to necessarily use her. Although, I mean, he was kind of opposing an alliance to use her power so that they could rule. And she, he did say like, we want to protect the earth and blah, blah, blah. But of course, Jai said the same thing. And Jai is, seems to be, what we know to be Talo to be a good place. So she's coming from a good place. And when she teaches her, uh, hella how to deal with her stuff, I think that's that conveys that she's a better person. Um, but also people loved Wen Wu and people and and had the and Tony Leung did such a great job, uh, with that role that he he was redeemed by the end of the movie. So maybe Marvel felt like, well, you know, this is the last thing people know of Wen Wu. So let's keep him somewhat good, um, uh, in, in the approach. But Totally hear what you guys have to say, but I liked it and I liked the bat. I liked that there was a little flirting too. a little, it was kind of sexy. I'm not gonna lie to you. It was nice to see these two powerful people have a little sexy flirting. And yeah, of course she was probably, uh, she was using it a little bit to kind of uh, betray him and slam his head into a table, but still I kind of liked the way they were working around each other. I kind of wanted to see more of this. So if they were to continue this in season three, I'd love a, uh, a duo there with those two going on a mission with Morris hanging out, uh, in the background. Uh, Michael, what do you think of the Taylor sequence here with Jai coming in, uh, wanting to train Hella? We see the beautiful uh, landscape uh, that we've seen in the movies of Taylor Taylor um, and uh, her training her and teaching her about the light and teaching her about and regressing her back to her um, childhood memory there of the dog being chained and essentially implying or it seems like they're saying that the helmet was the chain on Hella, and then her breaking her of that pattern and having her see the light. And her leaving kind of like Luke in Empire Strikes Back before her training is done to go and confront the big baddie in Odin. And she was successful with Wu by her side. But what do you think about the sequence here in Talo uh, as she was training her?
3: I mean, look, they did a great job of, in the amount of time they have to tell this sort of truncated story, Mm -hmm. giving us a really great montage sequence of training that was very satisfying. Um, Just watching that journey, kind of going through, and it's the, again, it's paint by numbers, but it's good numbers. It's the, (laughs) I don't want to sit here and meditate. I don't want to fold your fucking piece of paper. I want to fight with, like, knives that are on fire. Can we do knives on fire (laughs) instead of these flower petals? Like, flower petals look very pretty. Can I do knives on fire? And then she kind of sort of gets into it. She has her moment of clarity where we see the flashback. We understand that all she wants is freedom from the control that she's been put under her whole life. And then realizes that through this training, she is forging her own path. And now she folds paper. And now she uh loves she loves petals she can breathe and she's good to go and you're like okay this 100 works and then the icing on the cake is to get to the battle scene at the end where all of the battle has like heated up all these blades and she's like hey blades on fire so i i embrace the petals plus i get blades on fire this is a win-win for everybody so you know it's like it was just a really good use again of talo which is a wonderful idea and a wonderful setting in the mcu that has been criminally underused thus far yeah, yeah. um so just seeing it makes you realize you know it's what we've been saying this from the get-go like what what if season two has really done for me and it's a very nice end of year present for a marvel fan is make me realize how much good there is even in phase four that marvel's just not quite using right and i and, and it gives me hope that they are uh Realizing this as well as they're watching these things and going, Oh, okay, maybe, uh, maybe we should get Shang-Chi 2 going. Let's uh, let's pick up the <laughs> yeah. pace, guys. So, right, hopefully,
2: let's... that's what's happening, right? Well, once uh, homie recovers from his Achilles tear, uh, he will be back in, I'm sure, shooting Shang-Chi too. Yeah, uh, uh Shannon, what do you think of uh, of the sequence here, the tallow sequence, all the way leading up to the end where Jayi says, Look, I can't go with you, we're not gonna go with you. So, uh, you know, when, when you look at episode six, Kahori essentially telling them look you got a responsibility you got to come and fight these conquistadors here in this one uh is very clear we are not going with you and at the end when it looks like maybe they might get beat by odin which is a great i love how the shifts in the battle sequence went back and forth on who was going to win who wasn't going to win um they don't show up to help her so she very much is on her own with Wen Wu and all of this so what did you think about this sequence and the training and lauren tom's performance
4: yeah, everything in the Talos sequence was great. Um, uh, you know the the nice, uh, steady, measured delivery of Lauren Tom versus the um, sarcastic, smug, um, <laughs> trying to find an angle anywhere she can. Yeah. Delivery of K Blanchet is hell. Like they were they were a really nice team um and yeah i mean you know getting getting to see the way that they are able to incorporate nature into their into their fighting style and hella being like well i never considered that oh i like that maybe not the petals but maybe daggers on fire that's just such a fun little joke um that even in the moment i'm like i wonder if that's what she's gonna use at the end um and it it, it's sort of like it it's a great marriage of hella being hella but using this sort of you know newfound knowledge, yeah. to, to become the best the best goddess of death that she can be. Um, so yeah, T- Talos is a great location. I mean, as Vogel already said, it is frustrating mm-hmm. not to um, for Marvel not to be using everything to their advantage. Um, but hopefully, they are seeing they are seeing the the fruits that that could be that could be grown if they you know focused on focused on the things that were working in Phase Four, like Shang Chi.
2: Right. Last question for you, uh, uh, Shannon, and going back to Michael as well. Shannon, uh, your thoughts on the ending here. Uh, they subdue Odin. As Michael said, Odin kind of gaslights them a little bit like, oh, you've done it. Uh, now you can rule and I'll bend the knee. Uh, and they go off and become these defenders of the galaxy all the way uh, ending with them coming upon Gamora and Thanos. So what did you think of the ending, her turning into Hela the White in essence and uh, going forward uh, with this alliance with Wenwu, uh, not quite how Wenwu pictured it, but how she wanted it to happen. what do you think of this?
4: Yeah, I thought that was, uh, I think that was a really nice story moment of all the moments that you could have picked for them to intervene on in the history of the MCUs that we've seen. Uh, I think one of the more satisfying ones is them getting to save little Gamora because we've already seen in what if season two, what happens when right. you don't get to save her. I mean, you know, ultimately she does get her own redemption later in life, but being able to stop Thanos there's there's a theme of stopping Thanos in this season um but but no I thought it was really good again when Wu being there it was sort of like okay <laughs> I don't really see him falling in line personally um without the sort of massaging line that that Vogel had suggested earlier mm-hmm. um but yeah I mean getting to see a a, a redemption arc for Hella. Um, and being so starkly different in terms of, uh, the visual, like how she is in this glowing white armor, uh, it was just like, yeah, this is, this is really nice.
2: I don't know, man. Hell is a hottie. I think I might go and defend the galaxy with her and put down the rings uh, or put down the anger. Uh, Michael, he ain't, you... getting it. he ain't getting in there. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> hey, I don't know. I, you know uh, I don't know how it works up there with those powers. Uh, Michael, your thoughts on this ending here? You know, Hell of the White and then them going into oh, subduing Odin, Odin saying what he said, and yeah. then them going in. What's the.
3: I mean, I like I said. I think Odin gets off a little bit easy, but I do like that. You know, he basically gives Hella what he thinks she wants, which is now you can rule, right? Yeah, like that. Yeah. Like the Hella that he knows was like, once you've once you've taught me my lesson, Dad, I'm gonna take the throne and I'm gonna rule over uh, the nine realms and beyond. And she's like, yeah, I will take the throne just so I can dismantle all of this. And it's going to take me a long time, but I'm going to, to your point about this is a character that, you know, killed the Valkyrie and, like, you know, did all the things she did. Like, she's basically like, okay, I did a lot of shit for you and I'm just going to go undo it all now. Like, that's my new mission in life. And that's very satisfying. And as you're talking, I realized, like, you know, had you made Wenwu a little bit more of the character we knew from the movies, who was like, also, like, I want to conquer and control. And she kind of turned to him and she was like, Look, I'm down for an alliance, but we're not doing it your way. And he was like, I can get on board with that. That that really would have worked just yeah, as well. Um, and it probably would have made it more satisfying to see him at her side at the end there. Because it's, you know, her, a woman surrounded by men who are, I'm going to conquer so that I can protect. And her being like, no, no, no. We're going to liberate. Like, this right. is the new plan. Like, that. that is basically what happened. So it's just a couple little line tweaks of clarification. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, look, picking the Gamora-Thanos moment is great because, and I think as you already said, Johnny, or one of you said it, you know, this is just another, this is a reflection of the exact same thing that she grew up yeah. with. Like, yeah. her father, her father trained her to be his weapon and loved her for the yeah. weapon that she was until she became not what he wanted. And Thanos train gamora to be his weapon Mm -hmm. uh until she was like fuck this i'm not doing anymore so the similarity between their two stories i thought it was a really really nice choice and uh yeah you know like again as far as a what if episode like this was strong it was a lot of fun it was really great uh just yesterday's i'm still sort of reeling from how much i enjoyed (laughs) yesterday's yeah it kind of broke the wheel
2: broke the pattern that's what they were going for nice full circle moment there breaking one sword away from a potential sword away from someone who's going to use it. I also kind of low-key, and we're going to wrap on this, I also kind of low-key liked that this had a little bit of a therapy storyline, like going back and finding the thing that has damaged you or hurt you at a formative moment in your life, coming to terms with it, letting it go, confronting the person. She says that in the episode, I need to confront Odin and come get over this and fight back and reclaim my own power, reclaim my own freedom and then spread that to the galaxy. I thought that was a really nice moment there uh, to have uh, with Hela, like a little bit of a lesson maybe for people who might be considering that and going through their own kind of journeys in life for sure. So I liked it. That was kind of a low-key thing in this as well. Um, all right, well, there you go. That's our spoiler review for this last, uh, for the seventh episode rather of uh, season two of What If. Shannon, oh, thanks so much for listening to us or watching us uh, here on the YouTube channel. Shannon, what do we have to tell them?
4: Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MKToon. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca Says.
3: Mikey? Um, and if you would like to, you can also smash that like button below, subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page, check out all the amazing content he's got, leave your comments below, what are you thinking of What If Season 2, what did you think of Hela, what did you think of Wen Wu? what do you think of why Marvel hasn't done Shang-Chi 2? Let us know below, uh, you, if you're listening to us on a podcast, leave us some stars and comments so we go up in the rankings, and as always, the best thing you can do is retweet this video, post it on your socials, send it to your friends, and tell them to hang out with your buddies, the Geek Buddies there you go all right y'all take care of yourselves have fun
2: and don't forget to come back and join us tomorrow for another spoiler review of what if season two here on the geek bites brought to you from brought to you by the geek buddies
3: <gasps> hey, hey!